welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show where we make completely unfounded assertions with very little proof. So, the breakfast snook this morning, it was fucking delicious. Yeah, it was your typical eggs, bacon, hash browns breakfast. Mm -hmm. That's probably my favorite breakfast. Yeah, I mean... I would say that's what I make most of the time when I want breakfast. Yeah. Just bacon and eggs. Now, I don't make hash browns hardly ever because they piss me off. Yeah, they're a bitch to make. Yeah. And you have to start them at least a half hour before you start your bacon. And it says, oh, three to four minutes and then flip and another three to four minutes. Fucking false. That's absolutely untrue. I cooked hash browns for like 40 minutes this morning. Yeah, they take forever. And I can't, I mean, like you can leave them, but not really. Not really. I don't know. And I think cooking hash browns at home, it's like it fills the hash brown void. Mm-hmm. But it's just not as good. It's not as good. It they do they have that liquid butter stuff yeah. and the flat iron thing mm-hmm. that they sit on top of it. Now we do have one of those that we use for bacon because bacon sometimes will like curl up. Yeah. Um, and we use that for hash browns too. But we just I don't know. I don't know. I would much rather make like breakfast potatoes. Yeah. Even though I enjoy hash browns more, Mm -hmm. I do not enjoy the hash browns that I make. Not that they're gross, but I'm just not very satisfied. Yeah. I really like my hash browns to be crunchy. Right. It's so hard because you're not supposed to stir them. Yeah. And unless you have a big surface to spread them out. And I also didn't use butter. Oh, yeah. We do typically use butter. I just didn't have it. Well, and we just had like country crock. And it suggests margarine, whatever the fuck the difference is to this day. I don't know. Oh, we don't use margarine ever. It's so bad for you. We do real butter in this house. Love some butter. if I'm making, like, because the past couple of years I've really got more into baking. So when I'm going to make, like when I made biscuits. Right. Or if I'm going to make like pie crust or any type of pastry that you want to be like really flaky, I will buy European butter because it's hmm. European butter is creamier. Yeah. Than like our just regular like real butter. Right. Because we do real stick butter and that's why we have like the butter dish. Yeah. And whatever. Um but European, but I usually go with Irish butter. Hmm. And I'm, where where do you buy this? Price Shopper. Oh, in the it's right there when you like when you're looking at the cooler where the sticks of butter are. Yeah, it's right there with the real butter. What's it called? Oh, this one's like Curin. I don't know. It's like K-E-R-U-N or something. Irish That sounds Irish. Yeah. Super good. See, I never buy stick butter. Mm. Because really the only thing we use butter for, aside from the globs you need for certain recipes, is for toast. Because, I mean, I don't bake. So. Yeah. We go through so much butter. But I, I do a lot of baking. Yeah. Cookies, scones, biscuits, whatever. Scones. I love scones so much. You know, 
It is. So I struggled with making biscuits for so long. Yeah. Because every recipe that you look up for biscuits, they tell you to treat it like a pastry. Right. So you mix it together and then you roll it out, fold, Mm -hmm. roll, fold, so you get layers in your biscuit. The problem is that the dough is not the consistency of pastry. Right. So it isn't, it it just doesn't want to cooperate with you. It breaks. And so I struggled for so long because I was following the directions. Right. And then I made scones and scone mix is very similar in texture to a biscuit. Yeah. So when I made scones, it has you put your dough out on the floured surface, get it, form it into like a disc that's about one inch thick. Yeah. It's like your middle knuckle of your finger. Yeah. And then cut it into triangles and bake it like that. So it's like... It still rises, so it goes to about an inch and a half in height Mm -hmm. or two inches, depending. And I was like, I'm going to do that next time I make biscuits. And I did. Perfect. Yeah, because I much prefer the crumbly biscuits compared to the flaky ones. Me too. Now, I like a flaky biscuit. I I mean, I, I have nothing against it, but... Like a, a crumbly one tastes much more homemade than a flaky one. Like they're yeah. too buttery. The flaky ones are way too buttery. Yeah. But, I don't think yeah. biscuits should be super sweet. No, I don't like a sweet biscuit unless I put jelly on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll eat a flaky biscuit if I'm throwing some jelly on it, some butter and jelly. Yeah. What I really love is having a biscuit that is like nice and buttery And I always use salted butter. Mm -hmm. I never use unsalted butter, which most baking recipes tell you use use unsalted butter because salt is also another ingredient. Right. Use salted butter because then the sweet of what you're putting into like your cookie recipe is going to taste more sweet because you have the salt and the salted butter. Right. It's always better. Huh. I don't... These recipes, they're I shit. Just, I just don't know how to bake. I guess I've never really tried, but whatever. It's fun. It is... I don't want to start baking because I don't want Keegan to expect me to bake. Oh, yeah. Now, this time of year, he's always telling me that we need to make a homemade pie. Yeah. And... Which is doable. I've never done it. I probably could. But then he says he's going to make a homemade pie. The dude, bless his heart, cannot cook. He can't cook? I mean, okay. He can make pancakes. Mm-hmm. Bacon. Right. Um, he this, can grill. Okay. That's that's a skill. I that's, can't grill. That's a skill. I, I don't think I would want him to make a homemade pie. I would have to be present. Yeah. He also eats, like, very expired foods. So. I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, I feel like the expiration date might mm. be a bit of a suggestion on certain things. On certain things. Like milk. That is a suggestion. Keegan just, 
I don't know what he would do if he lived alone. <laughs> I just don't. He would drink expired milk. Yeah. Well. well, the thing about milk, and maybe it's because I grew up in the country and we lived so far away from the grocery store. We were poor. You figure out exactly how much past the expiration date you can drink milk. See, and my problem growing up, I, well, I have three older siblings, much older siblings. Mm-hmm. I mean, we couldn't keep a gallon of milk for longer than two days because it was gone. That's true. It wasn't. It wasn't regular for us yeah. to have milk. Yeah. I mean. I mean. I guess. And I was kind of too young to remember because I'm ten plus years younger yeah. than all of them. But my brother supposedly drank milk like it was going out of style. Both of my brothers and my dad, boys, all three drank so much milk. Yeah. So it was not regular for us to have to like get to the expiration date of milk, right. but I do know Dakota gets a little iffy about it. See, and I don't know, I think it's just my paranoia of like getting food poisoning, which I knock on wood have never had. I have had. That I just don't take those things to chance. Food poisoning is terrible. Ugh. I got it from cantaloupe. What? Weird, right? That is so weird. It must have been like a pesticide thing because it wasn't like it had not gone bad or anything. Like my grandma had just cut it. I couldn't eat cantaloupe forever. I can eat it now, but. I take that back. I have had food poisoning and it was from chicken legs. Oh. And. So you had salmonella? Uh, It had to have been. (laughs) Uh, but Keegan and I made chicken legs once with like shake and bake, mm-hmm. which I can't eat anymore because I love of it. shake and bake. Yeah. Violently ill. That's so. so weird. I don't know if maybe, maybe the chicken was undercooked. I guess that's still considered food poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's why I'm weird about chicken now. Oh yeah. Like bone in chicken. Yeah. I, I like bone in chicken. I just. It's such a chore to eat. I just don't trust people who throw, like, chicken legs on the grill for them to be done. Because I just don't. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I can't help it. Keegan wants to make our own wings, which I really want to do. But I like bone-in wings. Yeah. And not breaded. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to try to do that. But those those need to be done. We do that a lot. We make our own wings. And Dakota is a traditional non-battered chicken wing guy as Me well too. um if we go out somewhere i always get boneless yeah but here when we have wings it's yeah bone in right traditional no bread wings i just feel like i'm eating a chicken strip dipped in buffalo sauce when i that's, eat a bread that's what dakota says yeah. yeah but uh we make them here and dakota likes his chicken wings very cooked like he likes yeah. the like the outside to be, be a little crunchy. crunchy so he'll we do them in the oven sometimes mm-hmm. And the air fryer is really good and on the grill. We got an air fryer, but it's not the air fryer that everyone else has when they air fry things. Mm-hmm. It's almost more of a toaster oven. Oh, really? But it has air fry, roast, broil, like all these things. Hmm. But I want like the pull out basket one. That's the one we have. Yeah. I want to get that one because things that we make in this air fryer, I don't really eat uh, we ha- don't really use it a lot other than like fries and chicken nuggets for the kids, but it doesn't taste fried to me mm-hmm. and I don't feel like 
it, it gets crunchy enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't feel like it's air frying anything. It yeah. feels like I'm putting it in the oven. Yeah. Yeah. I love the air fryer. Yeah. Just whenever you leave after we're done recording, you can look at the brand we have. My dad got us ours. Yeah. And we use it. He got it for us last year for Christmas and we've used it at least two to three times a week since we got it. Yeah. And I see people make like crazy shit in air fryers. I've made a grilled cheese sandwich in the air fryer. Yeah. I've seen people like make breakfast in an air fryer. Literally pancakes. I have not thought of that. There's this British guy that I've seen videos of, and he, like, sings this little air fryer song. (laughs) And one day he was putting down, like, I'm guessing some kind of wax paper. Okay. Pouring pancake batter in. Wax paper, pancake batter, etc. And then he pulled it out, and he had, like, these beautiful fluffy pancakes. That's crazy. I'm going to have to try that. I bet it was parchment paper. Yeah, and I'm also weird about that because I feel like... The aroma of other foods that were cooked in there would, like, soak into that food. Like, if you're frying chicken and fries, like, that's one thing. But yeah, tossing some pancakes in there. They might you... be a savory pancake. Yeah. I don't know. We, we do so much shit in there. We I cook a lot of fish in there. Skin on salmon. It gets crunchy over the top. It's so good. Brussels sprouts are excellent. Mm. So many Brussels sprouts. They're probably my favorite vegetable, I think, is Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts, but I don't make them because I don't think anyone in the house would eat them. I Maybe bet. Keegan. Well, yeah. I bet your kids. Well, if you cooked them, like, in the skillet with bacon, your kids might like them. I don't know. I don't know. Do they do green anything? Now, Caden likes steamed broccoli. Okay. But he won't eat it if I make it at home. That's, a, like, a kid thing. We go know. If we go out to a restaurant... He'll be like, can I have a side of broccoli? I'm like, yeah, that's what I make at home. And then if I make it at home, he's just like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. So I don't get it. I didn't eat vegetables until I was like an adult. I can't please these people. Yeah. That's what my mom always says. You can't please all the people all the time. That's true. It's a good good thing to live by. Can't please Jameson ever. <laughs> so. <laughs> Poor kid. He just wants to eat chips. Yeah. Chips and happy Donald's. Oh, that's Isn't what that precious? Yes. Uh, it's so cute and it's so hard to say no. Yeah. He's like, can we get Happy Donald's? And I'm like, fuck. Yes. Of course. Of course we can. <laughs> oh, precious baby. Okay. For coffee this morning, we are drinking a different brew of La Colum. Mm-hmm. They still have not contacted us for sponsorship, so <laughs> there's that. But... We are dope. That would be so fucking cool. It would save me like 13 bucks a month. (laughs) What would really be cool is if they would send us an email. Yeah. (laughs) I I might pee my pants if I opened our email and there was like Lock Alum CEO. It was just like, hey, um, we're not going to sponsor you, but thanks for mentioning us. Yeah. Thank you for talking about us so much, but we're not going to sponsor your shit. Oh, man. I mean, of course, we don't really know how all this works in general. We I mean, we, we know the gist of it. But our freaking downloads are pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, as of recording, we've released two episodes yeah. only. Yeah. Um, It's so difficult not to just, like, put out all your shit. Like, I know. As soon as it's ready. I know. Because you're like, oh, this is this one's good. Yeah. We got to put it out now. But you have to wait. 
I know. So you want to be consistent. See, and I, I'm a binger. So with some podcasts, oh, yeah. Me too. I won't listen to them for a few months just so I can listen to them all in one day. All at once. Just yeah. to be sad again. Yeah. So it's definitely hard. Now, sometimes when I cut things out when I'm editing or when Keegan's editing, I'm kind of a psycho and I do a lot of the editing. Sorry, Keegan. Um, Not that I don't trust him. I just enjoy doing it. I'll cut some things out that I don't really think needs to be in the episode because we're acting like fucking fools. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll send it to a couple of people and be like, hey... You won't hear this in the episode, but I know you needed to listen to this. (laughs) So, Do you keep any of it? Like, save it? Or is it just, like, gone? Well, the stuff... There's really only been, I don't know, one thing that I've cut that you would even want to listen to again. Like, as a blooper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, like, save it on my phone. Yeah. I think once we gain a bigger following and we're doing our bonus content... Yeah. We'll probably figure out a way when we cut things, and I'm sure there is now, I just haven't done it or really thought about it, cut things and save it somewhere else yeah, like a blooper folder. Yeah. But yeah. Now, the Roanoke episode is taking a very long time to edit. (laughs) Uh, Clearly, we're morning people. Yeah. Because that, it went, (laughs) it went, all, it went crazy. I mean. Oh, shit. But you'll have that, you know? It's the way she goes. It's the way she goes. So today we're talking about HARP, Mm H-A-A-R-P, which is High Frequency Active Auroral, a.k.a. (laughs) Alaskan Mind Control Labs. So I'm just going to refer to it as HARP. I'm not going to say H-A-A-R-P every time. In my brain when I'm reading through is HARP. Yeah. Yeah. So. And this is obviously a conspiracy type. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of this has some good connections to theories surrounding Area 51, which we will get into towards the end of this. So HARP is located in the Fairbanks area-ish in Alaska. Yes. And it's a program designed to study the properties and behavior of the ionosphere. The ionosphere is a part of Earth's atmosphere that stretches 50 to 400 miles above Earth's surface, which is right at the edge of space. Along with the neutral upper atmosphere, the ionosphere forms the boundary between the lowest atmosphere, aka where we live, and the boundaries of space. So it's a protective barrier between us and the non-oxygenated space. Right. I kind of remember talking about this stuff. Yeah, I took environmental science Mm -hmm. as an undergrad. We obviously talked about the atmosphere. Yeah. Because of like climate change, pollution, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I do kind of remember the term ionosphere, but I did have to look it up for this. Yeah, absolutely. So HARP is the world's most capable high power, high frequency transmitter for the study of the ionosphere, which is super fucking boring sounding. I mean, yeah. It's interesting to read about. I feel like it's not probably that interesting to hear someone talk about. Right. So this part of the episode is probably going to be super fucking boring, but the good shit comes after. Yeah, because you have to start out knowing, like, what this thing is supposed to do, what we use it for. Right. 
So the ionospheric research instrument is a transmitter operating in the HF range. High frequency. And is used to temporarily excite a limited area of the ionosphere for study. A sophisticated suite of scientific or diagnostic instruments can be used to observe the physical processes occurring in the excited range. I'm guessing those physical processes are weather patterns or like energy exchange that's happening up there. Cloud movements, probably like shit like that. That's what I'm guessing that that is tracking and trying to figure out what triggers it, how it goes through its whole lifespan or whatever. That's my guess. That's what I would assume as well. So observations from the IRI, the Ionospheric Research Instrument, allows scientists to better understand processes that occur under the natural stimulation of the sun. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. The sun basically triggers almost everything that happens on the Earth. Yeah. The sun and moon. Other instruments in the observatory can be used for a variety of continuing research efforts that do not involve the use of the IRI, but include satellite beacons and telescopic observations of the aurora structure and long-term variations in the ozone. So basically, the IRI is comprised of 180 array antennas, each 72 feet tall, spread out over about 30 acres in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. It's (laughs) a HF radio transmitter, high frequency radio transmitter. Basically, in layman's terms, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So I would be really interested. I don't know, obviously, if there's like super tight security around where these antennas are. But it would be really cool to, like, go and see them. 180, 72-foot tall. Yeah. Like, rods. I feel like that is, like, super cool to see. Yeah. Okay. So now that you guys are versed in what they're doing up at HARP. Please stay tuned. Please don't stop listening. I swear it gets interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you're into science, I'm sure that this is interesting from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, I I love science. I really wish that when I was younger, I would have been more aware of how practical that knowledge is. Yeah, I think certain parts of science are more interesting than others. That's true. Obviously, I don't really care what instruments are called, but it's cool to know what they do and why they're doing it. Yeah. I recently, well, like over the summer, bought a biology textbook Mm -hmm. just to read. And I just really like understanding, because biology is like the study of life. Yeah. Like understanding everything that makes up the earth and what lives on the earth is so interesting. And I just wish that instead of taking geology as part of my undergrad because it was online and because Lauren took it the semester before and had the textbook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I would have actually thought about it and taken biology and chemistry, how much more useful that knowledge would have been because what did I learn from geology? Not shit. Because I didn't have to because Lauren already took it. (laughs) (laughs) I just, the, the issue that occurred there And I think it's something that I wish I would have known, but being a first-gen college student, you're in the fucking dark. Right. I had no idea how to be smart about taking classes. What you're taking and when. 
and how to evaluate what you're actually interested in as far as class. So when I started, I knew I was going to get a degree in English Mm -hmm. and I knew that I wanted to go to law school. So nothing else mattered. Like I took all of the English classes that really were interesting and I loved all of my English classes, 18th century British lit, Shakespeare, old English, yeah, like all of the best shit. And I loved all of them, but all of those counted towards my English degree. The gen eds, I was just like, whatever fits in my schedule, because I also worked full time, that I will pull an A in. Yeah. Because I needed to have a specific GPA Mm -hmm. for law school. And so I had my mind on law school and I didn't care about genets. Yeah. I wasn't caring about, I'm going to take biology because it's super interesting and I feel like this is knowledge I'm going to be thankful that I have later. I wish I would have thought like that, but I didn't. Maybe. Oh, well. You know, it's still, college is always there. I mean... (laughs) It's That's always true. there, and you're never too old to go back and learn some shit. Yeah. You know, I like to keep my brain firing, yeah. which is why I'm still in school now. Yeah, I think if you're able, it's definitely... Yes. You know, I know college is expensive. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so expensive. If I was born in France, Germany, basically anywhere in the EU... It would not be life-altering to go right, to college. Right, You would just go. And, you know, you wouldn't find yourself in crippling debt for four years of education. True. So, science. It's important. <laughs> and now we're going to get into the timeline of HARP. So, the timeline is spans a lot of years, but not a lot of shit happens in the middle. Yeah. Because... There's a big jump. There's a bit. There's a big jump. Um, so Harp was actually created in 1990, which is the year I was born. Ew. Uh, <laughs> with the help of Republican Senator Ted Stevens, and he actually helped win approval for the program. So 1990, the program is created. Now the facility doesn't actually get constructed until 1993. Um, I'm guessing this is a budgetary situation. Probably. Took three years to get the money and the science. Yeah. You know, science is slow. Right. So, 93, construction begins on the facility. And that's really the last thing we hear about HARP until 2013. Yeah. That's a 20-year jump. 20 years. That. They were flying under the radar. What were they uh, doing? Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. So in 2013, in early May, HARP was temporarily shut down because of a change in the contractors who actually operate the facility. So it was Marsh Creek LLC who was operating the contract for the facility. And they, for whatever reason decided to discontinue their contract. And then Atna, I think is how it's pronounced, A-H-T-N-A, Atna. Um, Atna Inc. is an Alaska native corporation, and it was in talks to take over administration of the contract from Marsh Creek. It was probably a money thing. Uh, Yeah, I'm guessing it was a money thing. I think that's why people 
businesses would switch contractors. Yeah. Is um, the only thing. Yeah, definitely. That was happening in early May of 2013. But then by July, HARP program manager James Keeney said that the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, or DARPA, is expected on site as a client to finish up some research in fall 13 and winter 2014. DARPA was there to conduct some sort of research. It didn't really say what research they were conducting, but they were doing some stuff. And then in May of 2014, the Air Force actually announced they're shutting down the program completely, uh, like later in the year. So experiments actually stop in the summer of 2014, but the complete shutdown of the program didn't come until May of 2015. It's so weird. I know. So we're we're going to talk a little bit more about the shutdown like later in the theories portion. Right. But yeah, there's not really any explanation, I guess, in this time, the timeline portion of why they decided to shut down. I think they probably said budgetary reasons or yeah. something. So in May of 15 is when the government portion of the facility is shut down. But in August... The facility is turned over to the University of Alaska at Fairbanks, and they currently run the facility. So they have all of the technology and everything is still operational. And the University of Alaska makes it available to researchers to use on a pay-per-use basis. So scientists from all over different universities can go there to conduct research now. They just have to pay to use the equipment. Right. So that's like... Where it is now, I don't know. That's all we got on the timeline. There's not a lot there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm assuming that 20-year gap, they're just doing the research yeah. that it was created yeah. to it do. It was just operating it as usual. It was just operating as usual. So with that in mind, what do they actually do at HARP? So this is going to get super technical if it doesn't make sense. It's fine. Um, We're getting to the good stuff in just a minute. Do you like the song I put in here? I do like that. (laughs) I'm not going to sing it, but... No? No. You can. It's from an episode of The Office. (laughs) It's actually... Still can't relate. What what was it? Oh, it's physical when they are talking about... They are, like, trying to, like... Get everybody to Do you know how many people texted me after episode one? They're like, you've never watched The Office? And I'm like, dude, no. That's because it's the best show. I have seen enough of The Office in passing through my house, because Keegan has now watched it ten times from start to finish. (laughs) And this is what Keegan does. He watches The Office from episode one to episode 15,000, or however many there are. And then he watches Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. all the way through and now he did actually watch a show that wasn't the office or parks and rec and i was very confused i was like are you feeling okay what show i don't remember oh. it was i don't know something i wouldn't have liked mm. usually what he'll do because he does the dishes we don't have a dishwasher we live in an old house i can't wait to get a dishwasher again for the love of god mm. And a lot of people give me shit about this, but a few years ago, we kind of created this system. I cook and I clean and 
I suck at laundry. I am, and I don't know why, because my mom was a laundry fool, and so was her mom. I mean, my grandma used to iron pillowcases, and that's just what old people do. My my grandma irons all kinds of shit. Yeah, but I suck at laundry. Mm -hmm. I just give up. I have no desire to make it look nice, to do it right. So I cook and I clean, and Keegan does the dishes in laundry. Mm. And while he does the dishes is usually when he's watching The Office or Parks and Rec. So when I saw him watching a show that was not those, I was like, are you cool? Like, everything's okay in there? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We watch a lot of different shows, but those are, like, our two, like, go-to. That and Trailer Park Boys. We watch a lot of Trailer Park Boys. I still think you need to watch Shit's Creek. I can't get over the title of that goddamn show. You, and Keegan says this, too. You've got to watch it. It's super funny. That's what everyone says. Everyone I know has told me this. And I'm just like, they need to retitle it. It's just because the mayor of that town's name is Rolling Shit. I know. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I just, I don't like puns that are so on the nose. I I think you would really like, I think you would really like the main characters, though. The Levies. I do. I do like those. Yeah. Yeah. I do like them. And I like the mom, who was also from Home Alone. Uh-huh. I like her a lot. She voices Sally in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I love that fucking movie. Oh, my God. I love it so much. I love that it's a Halloween movie and a Christmas and a movie. Christmas movie. Did you see my snap story of Jameson doing his Tim Burton face? Isn't yes, I adorable? did. Um, I also think Harry Potter is a Halloween and a Christmas movie. I saw a meme of a picture of like the Pope, like with his hands up like this. And it was all the Harry Potter DVDs. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's amazing. Well, one, one day listeners, Emily's going to finish the last (laughs) Harry Potter and I won't have to edit myself when I'm sharing Harry Potter memes on Facebook and Instagram. I'm like seven pages in. (laughs) I'm trying so hard not to, I don't want to be like a spoiler. I hate it because especially in Harry Potter, like, the whenever, like, the twist comes or mm-hmm. whoever dies and what, it's such a shock. And I remember, like, the first time reading each book as a child being shocked and, like, gripped by it afterwards. Cadence, and I don't want to rob you of that. Caden's been reading his illustrated book one. Oh, I, the illustrated books are so amazing. I... They're so fucking good. Yeah. Like, it's, I started to read it to him, like, last year. But it's a really – I think reading books like that out loud, it's hard to be, like, super fun with it. Like, you can't, you know, a 10-page kid's book. So I was finally like, dude, you can read. Like, read mm-hmm. this by yourself. So he has been. If I ever have a kid, I'm going to read books to that child from the time it's in utero. Yeah. They, they just don't sit still very long. Yeah. As most kids I'll probably eventually start reading to them and they'll leave and I won't notice and I'll just be reading out loud to myself. (laughs) Then you just look over and Dakota's like cross-legged in front of you. (laughs) Keep going. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) He would be asleep. (laughs) Okay. I need to take a drink of water. I dropped my water bottle on my way out of my house. Look at that. Mm -hmm. And that. Oh, there's some mud. But I fucking... Dented this bitch up. Yeah, I did that to my water bottle, too. There's a huge dent in the bottom. But that adds character. 
It's like a brand new pair of Converse. Gotta scuff the toe. True. I need so. to get some new Converse. Mm. Love a good pair of Converse. So, harp. Ariel can play the harp. <laughs> Should I- <laughs> so, harp directs a 3.6 megawatt signal in the 2.8 to 10 megahertz region of the high frequency band into the ionosphere the signal may be pulsed or continuous effects of the transmission and recovery period can be examined using associated instrumentation including vhf and uhf radars high frequency receivers and optical cameras Mm. so according to the harp team This advances the study of basic natural processes that occur in the ionosphere under natural but much stronger influence of solar interaction. So the sun is doing some shit. Right. (laughs) Basically. I guess. This sounds like a very, very interesting job. Kind of. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. HARP also enables studies of how the natural ionosphere affects radio signals. Now... Like, that makes more sense than a lot of what I just said. Like, yeah. Like, knowing how things can interfere with, like, shit being broadcasted. Right. And how, like, because everything, it all basically moves in waves, yeah. kind of, is how we understand it. So, your radio waves are out there. So, yeah. if there's some disturbance in the ionosphere, of course, it makes sense that it would affect the radio waves that are going from transmitter to transmitter right there was a lot of hand action happening when i'm describing this you guys can't see it but it really (laughs) adds to what i'm saying oh goodness so the insights gleaned at harp will enable scientists to develop methods to mitigate these effects to improve the reliability or performance of communication and nav systems right right I just naturally abbreviate things like that. I meant navigation systems. <laughs> this stems from working at the court and everything you enter is an abbreviation. Yeah. Like, Keegan hates it when I abbreviate things. I'm like, can you pass the S&P? He's like, the what? I'm like, the salt and pepper. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I abbreviate things a lot also. Yeah. I abbreviate names. Mm-hmm. Like, every person that I know I have abbreviated their name. Yeah, and it's hard to be around people that you can't really abbreviate their name. Yes. Like, I can't abbreviate, well, I call Caden, like, K. Yeah. But you can't be like, hey, Cade. (laughs) That just sounds stupid. Yeah. Like, April, I call her Ape. Right. Or Pape. I don't know. That was for my (laughs) sister. She she calls her April Papril. So I just started calling her Pape. (laughs) That's adorable. Yeah, and obviously Arthur is Artie, but that was like, that makes sense, Yeah, you know. But yeah. I don't know why, but, you know, our son Jameson, we call him Jimothy. <laughs> That's what Dakota calls my dad sometimes, because <laughs> his name is James. Or Jim Jam. I don't yeah, know. that's funny. It's so weird. Anyways, developing methods to improve reliability of these things would have a wide range of uses for civilians and military personnel. Yeah. So my thought is that they probably were doing this research 
with the military in mind. Absolutely. Like, forefront of the mind is how it's going to help the military. Yeah. But also improving the ability to improve reliable communication and navigation obviously has its uses for regular civilians as well. Like, your Google Maps, blah, 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 Mm walkie-talkies. If you're someone who hunts and you have a partner that hunts with you and you have walkie-talkies, it will increase the range abilities stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. We're, like, kind of going through this pretty well. It's pretty. It's going pretty quick. Yeah. Now, this one is the one that I thought was going to be long (laughs) instead of Roanoke. Roanoke's, like, 40 years long. Dude. (laughs) I... (laughs) I have spent so much time editing and then I'm like, shit, I'm probably done. I'm like, okay, 40 minutes left. Awesome. Awesome. You know, because like two minutes of recording takes like eight minutes to edit. Mm-hmm. So, which I mean, it. I'm not like, fuck, this is taking forever. But I'm like, god damn, this is a long episode. It is long. But I think it's, I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's a funny one. Yeah. You know, we're extra silly in that one. Okay, so hopefully you guys are still listening. Maybe during that last segment, you took a bathroom break. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say took a bath. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you took a bath. I don't know. You can listen to our podcast while you're taking a bath. Yes. I love baths. I, I'm pro-bath. I know you struggle in the bath department because <laughs> of your bathroom. <laughs> wondering <laughs> what she meant by that was that you take showers because your bathtub is small yeah we we bought this old house and i mean i guess we could replace the bathtub but the bathroom is like as small as a fucking coat closet yeah and it when people think i'm exaggerating this bathtub is like 10 inches deep like i can barely put my children in there and i remember the first time <laughs> I like drew this bath and it was all hot and bubbly and I like laid in this thing and I was like, nope, this isn't going to work. So my dream of the day that I too can lay in my bathtub and listen to a podcast such as this. Mm. Yeah. Our bathtub is like a reg, like a standard bathtub size. So it's not for, it's not a soaking tub. All I want is a regular bathtub and a fucking dishwasher. I mean, I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think I'm setting that the standard too high. No. I My dream is to redo our bathroom. Mm-hmm. Well, both of the bathrooms, but the one with the tub. And take out the insert mm-hmm. and put a soaking tub in there with a shower head that comes out of the ceiling. Yeah. That is my ultimate goal. I want, when I want to lay in this tub... And I want the water to be to my chin. Yes. That is what I want. Yes. I don't want to lay in a bathtub and look down and like... See your entire body. See my naked body. Yeah. That... I don't want to... You know... Why? Both of my sisters now live in houses that have like those big triangular tubs. Mm-hmm. And I always tell myself like, I just need to go to their house and take a bath. But that's like kind of weird. I don't know. I mean, it's not weird, yeah. but... That's a weird trip to make. It you have unless to really... they're just like out of town, you know. Yeah, yeah. If so. they were out of town and you were house sitting, it would be perfectly like right easy to pull off. I'm not like, hey, um, 
I'm coming over. I have my own towel and loofah. I'm taking a bath. Yeah. You may not access this part of your house for the next couple of hours. I actually would probably be the one to do that. But anyway, it'll happen. One day you're going to have that tub and so will I. Dude. And hopefully you will have a dishwasher post-haste. Now that you've been bored to goddamn death, these are the interesting theories. Number one, that harp actually causes natural disasters. Okay. So a lot of theories about this. Yes. Basically, if you name a natural disaster that has happened, there is someone out there who is saying that harp is behind it. Yeah. Some of the big ones are... That harp is to blame for the earthquake and tsunami in Japan from 2011. That harp is behind the tornado of Moore, Oklahoma in 2013. Damn. That it is responsible for the 2006 landslide in the Philippines. I'm sure that you could also put Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Hurricane Sandy. The Joplin tornado of... What was that, 2011, 2010? Yeah. I was definitely still in high school when that happened. So, yeah, that makes sense. I graduated in 12. Okay, yeah, that's probably right, because I don't think I was old enough to buy alcohol. Gotcha. So, 2010, probably. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, all of these kinds of things, conspiracy theorists will point to harp as the cause. I mean, honestly, the description of the purpose of HARP and how it studies the processes that happen in the ionosphere, right? if they're able to study it, figure out the triggers of certain events, it just is like the next step for conspiracy theorists to say, well, if you can figure out what triggers events, then the next step is figuring out how to trigger the event yourself. Yeah. And then... And then cause all of these issues to happen. Right, right. So it's not the most crazy thing to think is possible. Yeah. A logical person could make those steps. Yeah, absolutely. So now the landslide is probably the one that I would say maybe the least likely. Yeah. Because I don't know about that. The landslide is not something that's that the atmosphere is causing. Like it's the actual earth shifting. Mm Mm-hmm. And the rocks sliding. Yeah, I don't think a bunch of transmitters could do anything with the actual physical Earth. Earth. Especially, like, this one in particular. It's it's yeah. shooting things out into the atmosphere. It's not shooting waves into, like, the tectonic plates. Right. Or the crust of the Earth. Um, I'm wearing man's deodorant, so every time I, like, lift I'm my arms... I'm wearing man's deodorant, too. Yeah, I just, like, get a whiff of man, like, every time <laughs> I lift my arms up. I love man's deodorant. See, I'm only wearing man's deodorant because I've been out of deodorant for a few days, so mm-hmm. I've been using Keegan's. It doesn't really work for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, man's deodorant works just fine. Keegan uses, like, the jelly... Not, not gel. It's, like, the solid gel like the clear but solid i can't use that i have to use the white the white solid deodorant because it's sticky yeah i don't like it yeah i just like chicken winged my arm (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it, it seems like a perfectly plausible theory that the iri could be used to cause natural disasters yeah 
I mean, it's 2020. I feel like that technology could exist. Yeah, I mean, there's totally tons of technology that we don't even know about. Yeah, and that's something we touched on when we talked about Area 51. Yeah. Like, there's no way that there's not technology yeah. existing there that is beyond what we can conceive like it has to exist yeah they're hoarding some shit there that they just don't want to and i feel like it's been a long time since we've had a big like technological breakthrough yeah it is because you know we went from flip phones to touchscreen phones real fast yeah and then you know all the new apps Mm -hmm. and you know vr and stuff like that was super huge for a while now, nothing new, like yeah. nothing new, new has come out. It's true. And like, of course, we get phones update all the fucking time. Right. Laptops update all the time. I run updates on my laptop and my desktop and my phone all the time. Like Apple is like pumping that shit out. Mm-hmm. But it's not like earth shattering shit. It's yeah. like it's more higher resolution yeah. um clearer screen it's more pixels on your camera like right. when you update your phone it's you're looking at like the video and photo technologies essentially the big draw for smartphones now is their camera capabilities yeah and so like the new iPhone with the three cameras on the back and the two front facing or whatever mm-hmm. it is that's the draw I can't wait to get an iPhone. Yeah, Emily has never owned an iPhone, and I it, like, blows my mind. I'm waiting for the beginning of the year. Right, right. To treat myself and get a new phone. Treat yourself 2021! Because I don't think I'm going to get a trade-in for, or a credit for this phone, because I fucking shattered the back piece of glass. This is a brand oh, new phone. Yeah, that's Oh, well. Oh, well. So, the natural disaster theory kind of slides into our next theory weather control weather control so i feel like there's a lot of weather control conspiracy theories out there yeah some some even come from area 51 yeah i think weather control is where the largest number of conspiracy theories center on yes for this which makes as we just said makes the most sense yes so For many years, Harp's most prominent critic was a dude named Bernard Eastland. He was a plasma physicist who reportedly worked for the Strategic Defense Initiative, a.k.a. Star Wars. That's straight from the fucking article, and I was like, (laughs) Star Wars? Okay. (laughs) And later, he worked for Advanced Power Technologies Incorporated, and... The company originally tasked with building Harp. Mm. Some believe Eastland was dismissed from the company for his extreme ideas because he claimed that Harp was built with his patents, which were patents for technologies that could be used to modify weather and disable satellites. I feel like neither one of those things are actually extreme. Maybe in like 1990, 1993, whenever they were like, originating the program and building the facility maybe then Mm -hmm. it was extreme but now it's just it doesn't seem extreme at all yeah disabling satellites for sure doesn't seem as extreme no not at all 
So extreme skeptics like Jerry E. Smith, who is author of H-A-A-R-P, The Ultimate Weapon of the Conspiracy, suspected that HARP was rushed into completion after the 2005 hurricane season, which included Katrina, to keep storms from making landfall. So he's saying that HARP was intended to prevent extreme weather from yeah. affecting. Yeah. Yeah. Which I could see that technology existing. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't we try to build a technology like that to protect? Right. Not, you know, not only the people, but yeah. the devastation that occurs afterwards. Especially if, tra- like, you track hurricanes for weeks. Yeah. So they see it strengthening and strengthening. So if they had technology to reroute it and keep it in out in the ocean where it wouldn't make landfall, like, right. why wouldn't you? Right. Eastland thought that HARP could push electrons upward into the atmosphere to cause particles underneath to move and thereby affect the weather on Earth. That, because I'm not a scientist, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. I mean, pushing electricity into the atmosphere seems doable to me. So a big rebuttal of that is a Stanford professor... Umran Enen says that that is just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He points out that compared with a lightning strike, Harp's power is very small. Mm. This, to me, doesn't really offer any actual science that disproves Eastland's theory. No. And in the article that this was pulled from, that literally that is all it said. It doesn't show Professor Enen rebutting the, like, use of the electrons and how that would affect the atmosphere and blah, blah, blah. You would think that he would rebut the actual science that is being quoted, but it doesn't, it doesn't have that in the article. So it just seems like a lackluster argument. Yeah. Like in seeing two professional people, I mean, Eastland was a plasma physicist, which sounds very impressive. Uh, yeah. I mean, so plasma physicist, what are you doing with plasma? Who the fuck knows? I mean, probably finding cures for diseases. So you're probably pretty fucking smart. Yeah. And not sharing them with the public. But I guess we've already talked about people who are geniuses and a little cuckoo. That's true. That is true. But I don't know. I tend to believe people with very high degrees quite a bit. Same. So Harp's weather control capabilities have largely been called a conspiracy Obviously, no one mm-hmm. wants to believe that some facility somewhere in the middle of nowhere can control our weather. Of course, of course not. And according to geoengineeringwatch.org, David mm. Walker, who is Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Science, that's a long title, said HARP, quote, not an area that we have any need for in the future. And it would not be a good use of Air Force research funds to keep HARP going. We're moving on to other ways of managing the ionosphere, which the HARP was really designed to do, he said. So HARP's weather control capabilities have been called a conspiracy because obviously no one wants to believe that there's a place that can control weather. And according to geoengineeringwatch.org, David Walker, who is Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Science, which I've never heard of Air Force for Science. 
Like, obviously, it's a part of the Air Force, but I've never... I Yeah, I have no idea. That's... Who, who the who fuck knows? knows? I don't know. He said HARP was not an area that we have any need for in the future, and it would not be a good use of Air Force research funds to keep HARP going. He also said, we're moving on to other ways of managing the ionosphere, which the HARP was really designed to do, to inject energy into the ionosphere to be able to actually control it. But that work has been completed. Ooh. So that's kind of weird. And this isn't the only time that a government official has commented on HARP and weather control. In 97, U.S. Defense Secretary William Cohen reportedly said, quote, others, terrorists, are engaging even in an ecotype of terrorism whereby they can alter the climate, set off earthquakes, and volcanoes remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves. So there are plenty of ingenious minds out there that are at work finding ways in which they can wreak terror upon other nations. It's real, and that's the reason why we have to intensify our counterterrorism efforts. Hmm. That's, that's wild to me. That's wild. A lot. You see a lot of, like, government officials, especially, like, 97 using the word terrorist and yes. counterterrorism mm-hmm. as like the reason why they're doing some shit. Yep. Because they want know, it to seem like it's for they, the good of the people. It is for the greater good and it's an excuse for them to do some shit, not tell people what it is, mm-hmm. not share it and people just accept like, "Oh yeah, they're making the right choice. They're protecting us." I'm no longer going to give this any thought. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now, these days, we want to know. I want to see your reports. I may not be able to understand all of the scientific jargon in it, but I want to see them. Yeah, exactly. I want to know what you're doing, when you're doing it, why you're doing it, what's happening. (laughs) Please tell me every single detail. Oh, man. (laughs) So now Maddie's going to tell us about my favorite theory with harp and that is mind control this one is the most alarming yes especially because our brains and our bodies really do like have an electric charge Mm -hmm. and they there are circuits that go through our bodies so the idea that your mind and your body could be controlled by Radio waves is probably possible. Simulation. This is the Matrix. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Did you see that there's like a new study out about how we could possibly be in a simulation? Did Lauren send you that? No. Oh. Keegan told me about this. Oh, Lauren sent me a whole video on it and I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's and it has to crazy. do with like being able like in in you know layman's terms zoom in enough on earth to see the different pixels and if like they can do that they can prove that we're in a simulation (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) it's so weird and they're saying there's like a 50 50 chance that we absolutely could be in a simulation 
Huh. I don't want to know. I don't... Yeah. I'm just going to go on with my regular old shit. Yeah. And if somebody is simulating that, they have the worst imagination ever <laughs> because, like, the highlight of my day yesterday was half price books and Christmas decorations. Like, they are not very creative at all. But Clearly, hey, their attention is set on other people. That's true. If we are, <laughs> whoever is playing us, like, I don't know, get us a sponsor or some shit. Spice it up a little. Have someone send us an email. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, we've said this in like multiple episodes that haven't been released, so it's not going to get any better because we haven't released these episodes. It's cool. <laughs> it's fine. All right. So mind control. Some conspiracy theories hold that heart controls people's minds or is capable of altering the very fabric of reality. The whole fabric of reality part, I feel like, is a little outrageous. Yeah. I don't like to think about reality in terms of, like, a blanket. Yeah. Fabric. That seems like a silly word to use right there. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of curtains. I'm thinking of blankets, clothes. Christmas curtains. Christmas curtains. I bought Christmas curtains and they do exist. Um, you can also buy a Christmas shower curtain if you wish. Uh, I didn't, but you can. Um, so <laughs> the fabric of reality, I just don't like that vernacular. Um, not into it. But that is what conspiracy theorists are thinking. That harp is controlling people's minds and controlling reality. So harp produces waves similar to the waves that our brains produce. Mm -hmm. Ergo, it could manipulate the minds of people all over the world. This is what they are theorizing. Nope. Now the rebuttal to this is that Harp's waves are barely strong enough to be measured, let alone control your brain, which it seems crazy that because we saw this in the rebuttal to the weather control mm -hmm. is that they keep maintaining that Harp's waves are not that strong, but they're strong enough to get all the way up to the upper atmosphere yeah. and excite portions of the ionosphere, simulate the sun's effect on the processes in the ionosphere. So if it's strong enough to do that. It has to be strong it, enough it to do other things. It has to be strong enough to do other things. Why would it be able to do that and not strong enough to create a cloud to match your brain's waves? Yeah. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. So, all right. The rebuttals are acting like we're fucking stupid. Yeah. We're not. We're connecting the dots. You cannot fool us. <laughs> Sorry. So, Nick Begich, pronunciation not guaranteed. He's the son of a former Alaskan congressman and co-author of the 1995 book, Angels Don't Play This Harp. No pun intended. Um, advances in Tesla technology. Um, this has led to the anti-harp crusade. Nick worries that harp may be capable of mind control because the waves it produces can exist 
at frequencies similar to those of the human brain, which is what we just talked about. These are really the reasons why they're thinking of mind control, which makes complete sense. They have used their deductive skills logically. Yeah. So Nick seems to be a credible source. You know, his dad was an Alaskan congressman, so he probably would have been privy to what was actually going on at HARP. Yeah, absolutely. And probably been to the facility yeah, and seen it. The facility looks super fucking eerie to me. Yeah, it, it does. And all of those antenna, mm-hmm. 72 feet tall, that's fucking huge. Yeah. I think the people who are involved at HARP are trying to downplay what the devices and the facility as a whole is capable of, which obviously. Right. Obviously. Always saying it's pretty much not strong enough to do anything. Yeah. Which so is, if, if that's true, why why is it even there? Yeah. If that's true, why does it still exist? And yeah. why do people go there to do research mm-hmm. if the shit's not strong enough to do anything? Exactly. Yeah. Stop it. Stop lying. <laughs> okay. So apparently <laughs> there is a Tom Clancy novel where he uses harp. As, like, he makes Harp a mind-control device in the novel, and it is used against, I think it's China, but the synopsis of this novel, which I am going to read, uh, it doesn't necessarily say. So, this is a novel that is part of, like, a side project that Tom Clancy does. Like, he has his own solo full-length novels, and then he does... Others with other writers that are called Tom Clancy's Net Force. And there's like a bunch of novels. And I don't, I have never <laughs> read any Tom Clancy. It's not my Me vibe. Either. Um, all of them are about like technology m- taking tech, over, technology, military shit, you know. Yeah. Whatever. It's like Jason Bourne movies, but in book form. And he's okay. had, written so many books and they're all like that. Now, I love the Jason Bourne films. But I don't want to read any books like that. Right. So anyway, this particular one is called Breaking Point, and it's written in collaboration with Steve Perry and Steve Pizanek, I think. I don't know. So this is the synopsis from Penguin Random House. In the year 2000, the millennium, computers are the new superpowers. Mm -hmm. This makes complete sense. I think we all remember this. Um, Those who control those superpowers control the world. To enforce the net laws, Congress creates the ultimate computer security agency within the FBI. And it's called the Net Force. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's outrageous. I want to be on the Net Force. (laughs) I want to be on the Net Force. (laughs) Just because the name is fucking cool. Yeah. Um, What do you do for a living? It's top secret, but I'm part of the Net Force. (laughs) (laughs) So, reeling from a shattered personal life, NetForce commander Alex Michaels is informed that top secret information from a joint Air Force and Navy venture has been accessed and downloaded. Oh, shit. The research involves an atmospheric weapon with the capability to drive half a country into madness using low-frequency wave generation now the technology has fallen into the wrong hands and testing has begun. Dun, dun, dun. Now you guys all want to read this book, don't you? <laughs> um, no, I think I got it from the synopsis. Yeah. So 
<laughs> harp has made its way into the mainstream media. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like Area 51. That's that's exactly right. Pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe aliens control harp. Oh my god, aliens do control harp. They control harp. We are in a simulation. Ergo, they control us. That no, that's what's happening at these labs. Nailed it. I guess we could say it's mind control, but it's just alien dudes. Because to me, that picture looks, it's just like a big open field with a bunch of like trailer things sitting there with their fucking antennae. Which is exactly how all the aerial pictures of Area 51 at Groom Lake look like. Yes. Just a bunch of like outbuildings in a deserted area. So maybe it got too hard for them to control us from space and they needed their own place here on Earth. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like... To play the simulation. If we think of this in Harry Potter terms, which is how I like to think of everything in life, um, Snape tells Harry that distance matters in Magic Potter. That's true. So distance matters in tech as well. Yeah. Oh my God, Harry Potter applies to all areas of life. I'm a 30-year-old woman, you guys. And this is actually how I live my life. So that's that's it for the theories, actually. Yeah. And, you know, this is really something I had never read about before now. Me either. It's not something that is, it's not an Area 51. It's not something everyone knows about everyone. I've never heard of Harp in my life. Me either. And do I think it controls minds? Probably not. Probably not. Because I'm just one of those people that is much more into theories that could actually happen happen like the weather control weather control um you know i don't know why we wouldn't have the technology to move some clouds you know what i mean yeah so that's really my final thought on harp i agree i think that's that's where i've landed as well yeah um obviously we don't have stone cold proof that doesn't exist in conspiracy theories um we don't have proof that harp exists well, we know Harp exists, but that it's controlling the weather. Yeah. But it's 100% plausible, I think. Right. Having zero science background, it sounds logical. Yeah. So um, I was going to get on Reddit and find a couple of, like, really fucking wild theories. <laughs> but Reddit is like a black hole. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> – it's hard to find anything worth talking about. This is true. It – As far as, like, when you're looking for something on a conspiracy theory. Now, if you go to Reddit on, like, a specific, like, missing person case or murder case, that's where you really find some gold is Reddit. Yeah. The web sleuths who are trying to solve murders from their homes. Exactly. They know, like, they post some, like, legitimately compelling shit. But in the conspiracy theory section, it's, like, mad chaos, everything. Everyone's running around. It's crazy. Yeah. Nothing is legible. It spirals very quickly. Spiral squad, 100%. (laughs) So I gave up on that almost immediately. But yeah, that's really the skinny on harp. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like there's not a lot, but there is a lot. Yeah. You know, probably because this is a science research facility. Mm -hmm. You can tour harp. I think yeah, because they opened it to the public. They opened it to the public because of all of these theories. Mm-hmm. They opened it to the public to try and be transparent, quote unquote, and be like, no, nothing weird is happening here. Come and see. Yeah. And like we would know anyways. Yeah. No one knows. I could look at 
the IRI and have zero fucking clue what it does. Yeah. When when you go and get laser hair removal, maybe maybe that's the IRI. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> like it's shooting lasers on my body to prevent my hair from growing. <laughs> oh God. So who which, knows? Uh, yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? So if you want to uh, tour it, I don't I don't know that it's always open, but they yeah. open on like for certain things. You can go and look at this shit. Go and stand next to these seventy foot tall antenna. And then send us an email afterwards. Yeah, take a selfie with this antenna. You're not going to get the whole shit, but, you know, (laughs) send us a selfie and we'll post it on our Instagram (laughs) so everyone can see. It will be awesome. So that's Harp. Yep. It's a weird one. Yeah, it's a a weird one. I'm glad we talked about it. Me too. Me too. It's, It's fun. It's a fun little ditty that we just did. Yeah. Yeah. So much shorter than Roanoke. Yeah. Good comeback from Roanoke. Um, We (laughs) promise to uh, never record at night again. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't promise that. Yeah. I I take that back. Our schedules kind of require us to do when we can. True. You know, because we both fucking work. Yeah. We both work full time. Yeah. You know, Maddie has school. Yeah. By the time I get home from work, you know, it's basically 6 p.m. And the fucking time has changed. And I feel like it had melatonin in it this time. Yeah, it's been a... It's affected me more this year than ever, I think. Yeah. Which is weird. I'm a sleepy person, but I am just constantly fucking tired. Yeah. Um, It's crazy. Like, I'm not tired during the day, but... I've gotten more tired earlier than typical. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's been a weird one. But can we get rid of freaking daylight savings? It is not serving anyone a purpose anymore. No. Some states (sighs) don't even participate in it. I know. Which, like, Arizona, I think, does not do. There's a few of them. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's weird. I hate it, obviously, because it gets dark early. But I also hate that. In the winter, because we live in the Midwest, so winter is usually pretty shitty, you can't see the roads on your way home from work. That's right. That's what I hate so much about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It Whatever. Sucks. Anyways. Farmer's Almanac says this year is going to be a fucking whirlwind of a winter. Yay. So Everyone that's great. Everyone get your toilet paper. I really love snow, and but I want it, to, I don't want it to like give me an inch of snow. I want it to fucking snow. Yeah, I want a good eight to ten inches. I want to not be able to leave my house for like three days. Yes, exactly. I want to go to sleep on a Tuesday mm-hmm. and there be no snow. And I want to wake up Wednesday morning to a solid eight to ten inches of snow and be like, can't get out of my driveway work. April's breaking oh, into the Oh, April pod room. is breaking into the pod pad. <laughs> I just saw her little nose. Oh, oh, she's trying it. Little beeb. <laughs> she can open these doors. <laughs> these are old ass doors and I don't think all of them latch. Um, so she can like muscle her way in. I think she gave up. Yeah. But I want it to, I want it to snow. I want a white Christmas this year. Me too. I would really enjoy that. It's I'm, been a while. I'm tired of it waiting till like fucking January 12th to snow. Yeah. Because by January I'm over, over it. it. Yeah. Anyways. So, ugh, yeah. There you go. There's our expose on winter i am glad we have winter though i'd be bummed out if it was like 80 degrees on christmas i just don't like it to be 80 degrees anytime 
Uh, yeah, me too. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like. I don't like sweating. I just want to wear long sleeves. Yeah, I and like hoodies. I like to wear us. I like to wear a sweatshirt, long sleeves, or pajamas, which is what I'm wearing now. So, alrighty. So that is harp, and now it's come to the shout out portion of this episode. Haley and Ariel, creative geniuses, they make us look like we know what we're doing, kind of. Yeah. And that the kind of is on our end, not theirs. <laughs> <laughs> and our social channels, Instagram, at what if I told you pod. Yeah, yeah. Facebook, what if I told you podcast. Ew. Gmail, what if I told you podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. It will take you one minute. Come on. Give us a what's up. Stop sending. I don't want to say stop sending me messages because keep sending me messages. But I want to read your email. Send us an email and um, we'll talk about it regardless of what you put in the email. We'll we'll say it. We're going to read it verbatim. Uh, Yeah, I'll read it. So whatever you're writing, we're saying. So keep that in mind. And as always, I'll post. Yeah. I would really prefer it if you guys would write on some parchment and roll that shit up. That's right. S- attach it to a little little owl foot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a window right here. Yep. We're going to leave it open. Everyone thinks we're joking. Send, you know, if you don't have an owl, um, one of those little hawks with the little hat on. Yeah, a falcon. <laughs> the um, other falcons. We hawks. could get Game of Thrones and you could send us a raven. Ooh, a raven. That's my current desktop on my work computer. A raven? Yeah. Oh, very Edgar Allan Poe of you. Yes. I love me some Edgar Allan Poe. I almost bought his complete works at Half Price Books yesterday. Love um, that. I currently own Edgar Allan Poe's complete works in different binding. Ah. So this this is how my brain works. I It was like, it was in the collectible section and it was like, fucking $95 and I was like I was holding it I was I stand in the collectible section oh Artie's trying to get his nose in there now and he's crying a little um I stand in the collectible section at the bookstore and I just like touch everything (laughs) and the last time I bought something was a Victor Hugo and it was gorgeous it's somewhere over there on the shelf I should have bought the Emmanuel Kant collection it was like $80, though. Well, one day you can just live in a house with your own library. And once you start collecting these collectibles. I know. You can put it in there. It, like, made me want to cry to put it back on the shelf. But I have a ground post works. you had to buy Christmas decorations. Yeah, I had to spend my money on Christmas decorations and not on collectible books. I own, like, three versions of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Yeah. It is what it is. It is. Yeah, I'm obsessed and it's ridiculous. All right. So, yeah, to wrap this up, uh, Maddie is going to decorate afterwards for Christmas. I'm going home to put up the Christmas tree. It's it's Christmas. I I wanted to put it up last night, but then we realized we're going to have to rearrange the entire living room. And we just did not have the strength for that. So when I get home, the living room is going to be different. And yeah. It's going to be, and I never put my tree up before Thanksgiving, but I am this year. Because who the fuck cares? Um, 
I like to decorate early in November because I want to, f- I, the vibe of Christmas is what I love oh, the most about yes. Christmas. So inviting. Um, especially because as an adult, you don't really care that much about gifts because right. it doesn't matter. Like I buy myself shit all year. Yeah. I don't care about gifts. Um, I do appreciate a good gift, you know, right. but make me something, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, I don't. My grandma always asks what I want and always tell her socks because I don't want her to buy. I don't want her to spend money True. on me. You know, I, I just don't. Yeah. I feel like I should be buying my grandma gifts. I don't feel like she should be. I know that she is going to because that's who she is. But I love buying gifts for people. It's like a sport to me. I just love it. Like when I find the like I found the perfect gift from my friend Amanda and I already bought it and I'm beside myself with excitement to give it to her. This is what like fuels That's how me I all feel. year. That's how I feel too. Um, but the vibe of Christmas, like the Christmas mugs and the hot cocoa and the jammies. Well, and yeah, coming into your house after work and your tree is up uh, and yeah, it's just good. So I'm excited to go do that. Yeah, it's going to be great. It lifts your spirits up. Absolutely. And I want to experience it like for the entire month of November and December. Mm. So that's why I, t- I typically decorate around this time. I don't ever wait until Thanksgiving. Yeah. But anyway, uh, tell us what your guys' Christmas or holiday festivities are. Yeah. Do you celebrate Kwanzaa? Do you celebrate Hanukkah? Do you just have another tradition you celebrate this time of year? Let us know. I love everything about all the holidays yeah me too um not just christmas we celebrate christmas obviously but i am into hearing about all of the holiday stories yeah and i know we have listeners that celebrate different traditions this time of year yeah i love all of it every single bit of it so uh tell us about that love to hear it and um please please especially in this time be kind Stay weird. Bye. Bye.